Hello and welcome to Online Worship with Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor at Kern Church and I am so thankful that you are joining us today to worship God and grow in your faith. My prayer is that as you worship God today is that you will feel a connection in the ways that matter to you, in the ways that bring you closer to God. Well, as we prepare ourselves for worship today, let us offer prayer. God, thank you so much for drawing people together today. I pray that wherever those that are watching are joining us, that you are blessing them, that they are blessed and connected to you. May you be blessed in all the ways that are powerful. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On Monday and Tuesday of this past week, I had the great privilege of joining with some of our lay leadership and staff members at a leadership conference called Unleashing Generosity in the Knoxville area. Since I began talking to our church leadership about coming to Kern as the pastor, I have been inviting them to join me at the Unleashing Generosity conference. See, I was on the planning team of this conference, so I knew that it would be good for me to attend, but I also knew that it would be even better if we had a great group of lay folks and staff attend. Including myself, Kern Church sent 10 people to the conference. My continuing education funds paid for our staff to go, and each of our lay participants paid their own way, and I'm so thankful for, for, giving, for them giving of their time and their treasure in that way. You know, this was mostly a pastor's event, so everyone was bragging on me, I'll take that credit, but everyone was bragging on Kern Church for sending such a great group. We had the largest group from any church at the event, and let me tell you, it made a difference. I, I think that the conference was excellent. We received some excellent encouragement for leading the ministry of God. We were able to network with other church leaders of churches similar to ours and to learn what they are doing as they work to bless their communities and, and encounter the, the challenges of leadership that we face today. We heard turnaround stories of churches that were revived through the boldness of God's Holy Spirit to do life-changing work do the life-changing work of the ministry that God called them to do. And we received some very practical help on how to get better in certain ways. Following this conference, I've talked with most of our participants, and, and they are excited about the future ministry at Kern Church. They are excited about where God might be calling us to go and who God might be calling us to bless in our next season of ministry. And this excitement is infectious and is exactly what I was praying for when I began inviting people to this conference several months ago. Then, after coming into the office on Wednesday morning, I was able to carve a couple hours out of my schedule that day because I knew that I needed to, to spend some time Spend some intense time in prayer about the conference and also about God's direction for the church. So I left the church office and drove to one of my new favorite places in Oak Ridge, the UT Arboretum, and I started walking and I started praying. I began by, by praying some breath prayers. I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's a great way to pray when you don't know really what to say. You just breathe and receive a simple prayer as you breathe in and as you breathe out. So I started walking and I prayed on the inhale, Jesus Christ. 
Then on the exhale, Son of God. Jesus Christ, Son of God. I wasn't saying that, so if you're like trying to copy this pattern of prayer, you don't have to say it out loud because speaking and inhaling at the same time gets to be rather troublesome. But, but you know, I can't, like, you can't read my mind here, so I'm just trying to, like, you know, to get you in on what was happening here. So this is, this is what I'm going. I, I'm going to walk, and, and, I, and I'm praying, and I'm breathing in Jesus, and I'm breathing out Son of God. And I have to confess to you that there was a lot going through my head at this time. I was even skeptical if I should take it away because I knew there was so much stress and kind of things happening in my life and in my mind at the time. And I was skeptical on if this prayer was going to work, if I was going to be able to actually do this. But for about five minutes, I just kept walking and walking. And on each breath, Jesus Christ, Son of God. Then I started to pray one of the prayers that I learned from our conference in the same way. The prayer is from Psalm 78, and it's a simple prayer. It's, it's Lord, may I have a heart of integrity and lead with skillful hands. So I started praying in step with my breath, heart of integrity, skillful hands, heart of integrity, skillful hands. And I prayed this for another five minutes or so, and then by this time my doubts and uncertainty started to fade as my mind grew, my mind grew clear. My spirit grew thin. The, 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 this type of praying and walking continued for about an hour and for about three miles. As I spent this time in prayer, I became, became to realize that God was, was giving me gifts of, of wisdom and vision and clarity throughout this time of being in prayer. Then when my time in prayer and walking came to a close, I gave God thanks. The same breath prayer, I said, thank you, thank you. I gave God thanks for this time and wrote down what happened and then I was renewed for the day ahead. You see, friends, your pastor prays. Your pastor prays for you. Your pastor prays for our church. After being at an inspiring time away, this, this prayer helped me to refocus for the, for the application of what we learned at our conference and for the hard work of, of walking into God's better future for our church. And I have to tell you that much of this is heavy work. And today I'm going to share with you some stuff that's rather difficult. It is no secret that Kern Church has been through a very difficult season. I'm not going to rehash the past and catalog our difficulties. I wasn't here, so I don't know them firsthand. If you were here during this time, though, you know them. You know them well. If you weren't here during this time, then perhaps you are like me. You're new to the scene, and, and perhaps you're eager about what comes next. But before we get to what comes next, it has become so apparent to me that we are, are, are it's important for us to see, it's become apparent to me that, that we have to kind of see where we have been. Before we get to what comes next, it has become apparent to me that we are continuing, in fact, to see some of the impacts or a lot of the impacts from some of these difficulties. For example, our financial position is not what it once was. And I want you to know that as somebody who watches my own stock portfolio take 
you know, not be too happy right now and thinking about retirement. Luckily, I have many years ahead of me. It's easy to blame the downturn in our investments for some of this. And it's also partly true that some of it is due to that. But I want you to know that that doesn't tell the full story. Just a few short years ago, our worship spaces were full. Our worship spaces were full of people that were growing in their faith and telling others about Jesus, full of people caring about the future of God's church, full of people who cared about the well-being of our neighbors around the church, full of people who were giving generously to support the ministry of God through the church. And while our worship spaces are still full of people that are just as committed, there aren't as many here. Things have changed. Kern Church, you have been through some difficult transitions. Closures during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic caused great divisions in our nation, and, and many of these divisions made their way straight into local churches like yours, straight into local churches across the nation and especially into our local church. I want you to know that Kern Church is not unique in all of this. That doesn't make it any easier. And the result is that today we have fewer resources and we have fewer people connected to helping us do what God desires for us to do. I will say, though, that I'm seeing evidence all around that things are beginning to change, that God is again reviving in you the desire to share in, as I, as I preached last week, God's amazing grace. You know, God did not bring Kern Church this far to abandon us now. There are too many people in our reach that, that need the kind of love and connection that God offers through Kern Church. The kind of love and connection that so many that are joining us in worship today have felt through this church. Our community needs this. Needs this. However... I cannot and we cannot deny the reality that things have changed. As I said, though, this is not unique to Kern Church. These struggles are, are things that my colleagues and I will, will, will share about. We share about not to complain about things, but we share about to seek God's guidance for the future, to talk about ways of success, to talk about how people are still welcoming Jesus into their hearts and how churches are still serving and doing powerful things and, and, and how to find hope in the midst of that. More than this, though, I want you to know that, that these difficulties are not just tied to this time in history. In fact, difficulties are not unique in the history of the church. Today I want to share with you a story from the history of the church that presents a very difficult time for people of faith and tells us what they did to face the challenges. And I want you to know that the challenges faced by the early church were even greater, even greater than the challenges we face today at Kern Church. They were not just faced with financial difficulties. They were faced with difficulties that threatened their lives and the future message of salvation through Jesus Christ in general. So let me set the scene of the difficulty that the early church faced. First, you have to know that, that Jesus had some very close followers called disciples during his earthly ministry. These were, these were some folks that 
that traveled with them, that taught with them, they were doing powerful things with Jesus. They were healing people, feeding people, preaching good news to those who were lost and alone, you know, stuff that the church is supposed to do. But things changed, things changed for Jesus' followers when Jesus was arrested, executed on the cross by the Roman emperor, and placed in a tomb. At this time, his male disciples scattered because they feared they could be next. This difficulty they faced was the death of their founding leader and the threat of arrest to them. Perhaps you know what comes next. Through the power of God and and, and the most amazing victory ever to be had, Jesus rose from the dead, proving that death is not final and that death can never have the last word. Then he appears to his disciples, and something changes. They become convinced that their difficulties and even fear are not final because Jesus has the power to transform life and to transform death to life. The next part of the story comes in what is known as the book of Acts, and this is the book of the Bible that tells us how these same followers of Jesus were given the power of God's Spirit to carry on the ministry of Jesus in this new thing called the church. You see, as the church carries on the ministry of Jesus, it is now the leaders of the church, not Jesus himself, but the leaders of the church who are subject to the same harassment, imprisonment, and even death that Jesus faced. One time in particular, two of the leaders of the church, John and Peter, were arrested and thrown into prison. So so Jesus was taken from them. Jesus was taken from his followers. And now the leader of the church, the leader whom Jesus chose to lead the church, was thrown into prison. Brand new church has its leader arrested. Perhaps they begin to fear that he may be killed and they might be next. The difficulty begins to build. So you see how difficult the situation was. The founding leader of a fledgling movement is killed, then he's replaced by someone who might be facing the same fate, and then something miraculous happened. The authorities let Peter and John go. They let him go with a warning. Before the church really gets off the ground, the church is facing not only closure, but death. If you have a Bible and want to follow along with me, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23, to see what they did upon being being released from prison. Here's what we read. After they were released, they went to their own people and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together to God. So what do they do? In the face of extreme difficulty, the kind of difficulty that even seems unimaginable to me today, they went back to the church. They faced difficulty together. They faced extreme difficulty together. And what did they do? They went back to church. That's some good advice, but they went back to church. They went back to church, and they went back to the other faithful followers of Jesus who remained and told them what happened. And then it says, they prayed prayed. And here's what they prayed. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, it is you who said to the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant, why did the Gentiles rage and the people imagine vain things? 
The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your, your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, and now, Lord, look at their threats. They prayed about their difficulties. Oh, God, why do people hate you? Why do the rulers and the influencers gather against Jesus, your Savior? They said, even right here in this town, even right here in this city where Jesus, where your, your goodness has come forth, even right here in Jerusalem where we live, the government conspired against you and killed Jesus whom you sent to save everyone. And now, Lord, the difficulty remains because their threats continue. Now their threats aren't against Jesus, but their threats are against us. They put a target on our back. Lord, we fear we may be next. Do you hear their difficulties? Do you hear the pain? Then they ask God for something about halfway through verse 29. They pray, grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In the face of difficulties, in the face of all the difficulties that surround them, they pray for boldness. And they could have prayed for protection. Lord knows they needed it. They could have prayed for comfort. They just got released from prison. Lord knows they needed it. They could have prayed to just, you know, Lord, just let us get by just a little bit longer. Let us, let us, let us get by just a little bit longer so we can enjoy being together. But instead they prayed for boldness. When I hear this prayer, I can't help but think, of the second verse of Harry Emerson Fosdick's hymn, God of grace and God of glory. Oh, the host of evil round us, scorn the Christ to sail his ways. From the fears that long have bound us, free our hearts to faith and praise. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the facing of these days, for the living of these days. They prayed for boldness, to face the future unafraid, to to, to, to walk boldly into the ministry of Jesus that, that had been entrusted to them. And then in verse 31, God responds. And, and I think that this is one of the most powerful ways that God responds throughout all of Scripture. After they pray for boldness, we read, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. The place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, friends, we are facing a host of difficulties. 
As a church, we must come to grips with the financial reality of our church today, not where it was five years ago. We must listen to God and, and, and learn those God wants us to bless next. And learn those, the names of those God has put at, at our hearts and at our doors for us to bless with the blessing of Jesus Christ next. I mean, as you can see, the difficulties, these difficulties are hard. They are not unique. They are not unique to Kern Church. They are not unique to the people of God. And believe me, they are not unique to God. In many ways, though, people in churches have tried to manage decline instead of asking for boldness. In many ways, people in churches have, have tried to rearrange and, 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 and manage a situation that they don't really like instead of asking boldness, instead of praying the prayer of the apostles to face the future unafraid and reimagine what God is asking his followers to do today. That's why I spent much of Wednesday walking in prayer. This is why over the next several weeks we are, are going to help communicate about where we really are today and what is happening in the church and the good things, the good things that is happening today, the good things you make possible, the good things that, that God is calling us to do more of, the people that God is calling us to bless. And this is why I'm now asking you to join your pastor in prayer. In fact, right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer that I put together I also want to ask you to, to take this perhaps as a pattern for your prayer through the week. I'm going to offer a petition, and, and Chris is, is going to play behind in music, and I'm just going to be silent for a moment and allow you to pray for this petition. And I want you to know that wherever you are, whenever you're joining us, you can pray this prayer. And if you want to talk more, you want to pray with somebody, send me a message. Send me an email, call the church, and we will pray together. We will pray for boldness. We will pray for God's church to be the kind of church that lets the love of Jesus Christ out throughout all the world. Let's pray together. Lord, as your earliest church prayed, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in it, we come to you today in prayer for your church. We thank you for our past and the ways you have moved among us years gone by. Lord, we confess our difficulties, oftentimes not knowing which way is right and which way is wrong. The ways in which maybe we have not honored your calling on our lives and in our church. 
confess how we've contributed to our difficulties. And Lord, now we pray for boldness, even when we do not know what the future holds. Grant us, your servants, the boldness and the strength for the living of these days. O oh Lord, we pray for boldness. And here's the deal, God. We know that this thing about the church... It, it, it's dear to us. You love your church. We love your church, oh God. That's why we're worshiping you today. But the church is not so much about us and the things that we desire. It's about those who are not yet here. Those who don't yet know your life-changing love. And so, oh God, right now we pray for our community. We pray for the community into which you have placed our church, your church. Hear our prayer now for our community, for those that are lost, hurting, and alone, for those that need your love. Hear this prayer. Hear this prayer. And finally, God, bring your spirit so that we may boldly live out your mission at Kern to create belonging and hope as, as we connect people to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to the well-being of others. Bring your spirit. Shake the room. Let all know that your spirit has descended, O oh God, so that we can be empowered through your boldness. To bring hope and love and make it real. Amen. You know, if it weren't for the solid rock of Christ, if it weren't for the solid rock of Christ that Christ built his church on, all those difficulties that they faced, it wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been possible to survive. It wouldn't have been possible to move forward. It wouldn't have been possible for, for you to be worshiping here today. It wouldn't be possible for you to know the fullness of the love of God. Dear ones, it's on Christ's solid rock that this message of prayer and boldness is proclaimed. And so I am praying for you, and I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for, for your church. Pray for strength and boldness so that we may go into God's desired future for ourselves. Not for ourselves, but for all those who don't yet know about the rock that is Jesus Christ. May you be blessed this day and may you live a day and a week in his grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go and be blessed.
Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.